Well, listen, guys, here we are. We're here to talk about the second Cars and Coffee. My gosh, guys, another kind of overcast day literally was like the two weeks before kind of copied and pasted was a little concerned it tapered off in time and it went off without a hitch and again it more growth more cars more participation i know chris you and i were looking at our watches kind of around 7 30 being like mm, this might be a sophomore slump yeah, there's a lot of scratching the heads there a little bit of worry but we i mean we also got some newcomers which i think was exciting some familiar faces and some and then of course uh, some new faces so yeah, and we as we were even talking, you know, that, that that rush when that first set of cars rolls in, just like, yes, it's happening, people are coming. <laughs> but we also, we have some good, unique things showing up, too. You know, the, the diplomatic car with the alpha European spec. You know, little things yeah. like that, which are unique, that makes it, that's what excites me, is seeing things that are out of the norm. Absolutely. That's a one-of-one, one, I think, in the U.S., probably, right? Probably, it wasn't U.S. legal. I drove that same car in Italy, the, the, just an earlier version, an Alpha 147, and uh, oh, that was an amazing car. That was a little souped up too, but yeah, that, that, that's a very popular car in Italy, and it was really cool to see it. Same color too. And it was right-hand drive, which is weird. So actually, that wasn't Italy. It was an Italian car that I think was, I don't know, some European you know, right-hand drive import, you know, imported from Italy. Well, I'm sure they sell that in, in Britain too, so... I'll tell you, I think if you remember from the beginning, I was pretty upset when we started the day, but uh, but it was nice to see the crowd because at 7.30, it was like the four of us, and we were looking around like, well, that's what bad weather will do for you. And then I think we had at least 10, 20 more cars than we had first time, so definitely turned into a success. Yeah, I think we were somewhere in that seven, 70 to 80 cars this time. Mm, um, I, definitely I think, a lot yeah, more I mean, cars. Yeah, I think I we think were we probably... Were. I mean, maybe 70, because when I counted, it was like 60-ish, 50, 60. Well, as we were talking about earlier, the, uh, you know, the number of uh, Facebook uh, followers and such, you know, I'd say we can round that up to 100. So we, we had 100, we had 100 cars. And Frank hit it on the head when he said, listen to the conversations. And, and you can, you can listen to the conversations, you can see them. That, to me, is what really set it apart. Yeah, just everybody's just really having a great time talking, you know, mostly cars, obviously. The, the conversation you overhear, you know, all the kids running around, the conversations, it, it was definitely a social activity, which is what we're after. There's a few, few cans of food or non-perishable uh, food items brought, so not bad for super short notice on that one, too. That's good. It, it means that, you know, people are, are checking and paying attention, and, uh, when you know, when we post, it's... It's reaching some people, so hopefully we can raise that tide a little bit more next time. Yeah, next time you have to you have to bring the R8 again, and we'll have to do the fill the frunk and see if we can fill, fill the, the frunk, frunk of that car <laughs> with some with some food. Why don't we detail for the audience too, Steve? You you collected those, I believe, or was it you, Chris, that collected them? And then what it was, was Chris? Yeah, yeah, Chris. So you collected those. What was the next step once you collected those? Just so folks know what those are going to. So really, it was um, yeah, passing those of course off to uh, to Vienna Foodies and Chris Trinketh and uh, Lydia Russo. But they're going to a local elementary school. 
I mean, yeah, just super impactful that, you know, people are coming out from the community to support the community. Really, really, it felt good. Um, and I'd love to kind of keep doing it and make it bigger. I, you know, Frank, you're talking about fill the frunk. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you've seen an R8, that's a pretty small space. Um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm really thinking you need to bring out that Monte Carlo and we need to be filling that trunk. But I mean, yeah, it's a great place to start building. But um, yeah, I mean, just like the people remembered and brought in, they weren't just bringing like onesie twosies, um, you know, people were bringing like bags full of non-perishable items. So yeah, I just want to kind of keep that momentum and um, make sure that we really kind of continue to message that. I really loved that um, kind of handle that you made, Rick, the, the drive away food insecurity. Like I made that a hashtag on Instagram now. So I'm, I'm, I'm tagging all of all the stuff I've been doing on Instagram. Yeah, just continuing to keep that message uh, is going to be really important. I think guys, I mean, when you think about it, we sat at Hawk and Griffin and we talked about starting our cars and coffee and maybe doing what we can for the community, right? And here we are giving food to an elementary school. I don't know. I hear that and I'm just blown away. I don't know, guys. We're two weeks in and I feel like this is a freaking huge success. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. I mean, we get to, to indulge our, our our hobby, our passion, and and leverage it to help others. So it's like a win-win. The trunk that we filled up was a an R8, an Audi. Chris, tell us a little bit about the ride that you brought that day. And uh, it was parked right there near where we set up with the podcast next to the canopy. Yeah, um, it's it's funny. It, it's got a bit of a story behind it, but it's a uh, Audi of America corporate car. Of course, I, I, I work for the brand, uh, which kind of allows me access to uh, some of these uh, exciting rides. But um, yeah, it, it actually was, it's one of the first sort of complete redesigns of the R8. Um, and that took place in uh, 2000, it's a 2017 model. And we had this big partnership with a, uh, uh, a site that allows you to uh, rent out your home. Uh, but it was in the desert of California on a dry lake bed. And, um, you know, the, the, the cost of the, uh, the that rental was the same horsepower, the same as the horsepower of the car. So $610 a night. Um, but the uh, exciting part of that rental is that you got an R8 and you got to rip it up and down that lake bed and, you know, kind of do what everybody really wants to be able to do with an R8, especially one that is not yours. Uh, as, the, as the saying goes from, say, a Top Gear, the fastest car is always the hired car or rented car. And the fastest, even fastest car would probably be a supercar that's also hired and rented. Um, so yeah, anyway, they got to thrash this thing up and down a dry lake bed. And after the fact, we were, um, we, you know, as a brand, we're going to have to crush it, uh, cause it couldn't be resold because of, uh, you know, sucking in all that dust and clay. And so the accessories team in Audi of America took the car in, completely took it apart and decided to turn it, turn it into a SEMA car. So they slapped every, um, Audi sport, uh, accessory onto this thing. So carbon fiber, basically as far as the eye could see and, uh, a new set of shoes and big old carbon wing and the rest is history. It, it drives as incredible as you think it would. Mm. Yeah, no, that was and definitely a showpiece too. Did you have a chance to kind of share it and, and talk about it a little bit with some uh, some onlookers there at the event? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that that's like one of the best um, kind of benefits of of this. Like, people are interested, and I think uh, a lot of the time, cars and coffee, um, uh, you know, especially like high dollar cars, the owners are happy to show them off, but they don't really want you to touch them, and so. You know, with this car, it's it's one of those things that I I, I just 
I want people to have that opportunity. And so there's kids that are, you know, kind of looking at it and uh, like, yeah, they know more about the car than I do. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I offer to let them sit inside or I'll pop the glass so they can get a better look at the engine or, you know, what's under the hood? Oh, what's a frunk? Letting them kind of poke around in there. Like, I, I think that that's just amazing that, that I'm happy to provide that for, for people and, you know, telling the story about, you know, where the car came from and its history and why it's here and how a guy like me is driving a car like that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just such an awesome opportunity. You know, I'm able to kind of get access to something like that and drive it, but also that, you know, I you know, can kind of open it up to others. Steve, you're a Porsche guy. I saw a trail of Porsches kind of come in. They all arrived around the same time. I don't know when that was, about a quarter to eight, eight o'clock. Did you have some fun with that group? I did, you know, and before I get to that, let me just say there were a couple of folks who uh, who mentioned Chris and the fact that Chris let their kids sit in the car and one in particular even said they were allowed to start it up and you saw that light up on Facebook and then you saw the crowd react to that on Facebook, which I think is absolutely everything that we're trying to do and it's just awesome that chris does that so thanks to chris and and again that's a huge thing for us um having the kids out there who are really really enjoying it i've been to a lot of car shows i don't think i've seen one as kid friendly as ours now they're all kid friendly but not to the extent that ours are and for the porsches is very interesting because i have a 928 which is really kind of the redheaded stepchild of the of the porsche community it was designed when it was designed, it was supposed to replace the 911, and those that came in are the 911s. So there are nine, there's a kind of the 911 camp out there that sort of thumb their nose at at the 928, like you know, here's the the, the 920 was supposed to replace this 911, but it was you know very unsuccessful in that. But I think those who know Porsche, and I don't, I'm not a Porsche guy, right? Like I just love the 928 growing up, and I just fell in love with that car for whatever reason. And, and I'm now able to, to have one because they're relatively inexpensive because of that, right? Because they're not that nearly as popular as a 911. But at least the 911 guys who come to our, our car show seem to be very appreciative and like the 928. That They're inclusive, right? So I, I don't feel like the redheaded stepchild uh, at all. And they're actually really cool guys. I think everybody, uh, and, and, and even, and Chris probably knows this better than I do, but the 911s, there were, I think there were two, uh, air cooled and one liquid cooled or vice versa and that's a whole nother debate amongst the 911 community right like which one's better the i think the purest like the air cooled and then the the more modern folks will be with the liquid cooled but again i don't see any of that vibe at our cars and coffee i think what's really cool about our cars and coffee is like again you've got chris's supercar right then you have the 911 community, which is a which is a car show in and of itself. You know, we had this old school Studebaker, which came from 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 the owners, from his grandfather, right? Like that was such a cool car. And you know, then we had the Godzilla, which was a very unique car in of itself, right? So we had like that was a one of five hundred, I think. So you know, we had almost every genre. And then we had two or three Volkswagen buses and a camper, and you know, you'll see everything there. That's I think really really sets us apart. So. I'm kind of bummed that it, we're three weeks away from the next one, right? Like I was really hoping that we would do it every two weeks, but I know we're doing first and third Sunday. So, but I'm anxious to see what we're going to do with good weather and even more folks involved and and wanting to do more on the charity aspect. Like um, I'm just so excited for it. That's right. I've ordered a lot of good weather for September. <laughs> I've ordered uh, sunny days for September. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a bigger crowd. Thanks, Frank. Frank, what jumped out at this event? I mean, we've got two to choose from. What jumped out at this event that made it a, that was a little different from the first one? That was a hopefully a pleasant surprise for you. Well, again, it's the variety. 
you know, that Studebaker. You don't see a Studebaker hawk every day, you know. And, and uh, we had a late arrival show up with his uh, BMW uh, 2002 that has a, 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 a crazy Nissan engine swap in it. You know, God, so, what a great car. Yeah, didn't that have like an RB26 in there? It did. <laughs> it had an RB, motor. <laughs> you know, 25 or 26. Yeah, exactly. So it's just lightning fast for this little tiny lightweight car to have that big, you know, V6 engine in it. It's an inline six, friend. Sorry, sorry. Look, I don't want to upset. I don't. I want, I want the skylines six. to come back. Okay, like we gotta. <laughs> That's right. All right. If I if I don't get it right, yeah. If I don't get my terminology right, they they'll be offended and, and go somewhere else. <laughs> no, but it just you know the the uniqueness. You know, you know had that you know beautiful cream colored uh, GTO. Yeah, God, that was beautiful. It was just a huge variety. You know, from European, Japanese, American muscle, we had it all. There were. So. Frank, your Volvo got a lot of love. I had two people stop me oh, about that. And they, everybody, you know, we like to give Frank a, Rick, we like to give Frank a lot. Chris and I like to give Frank a lot of guff about, you know, the old school, like, you know, when, when are you going to get this thing done, that kind of thing. And, and there were people there who were like, oh, I love it because it's like it's all in its glory. There's no, no polish here. This is, you know, in its natural state, if you will, not – you know, and that, that's a whole other genre in and of itself, right? People who want to keep cars completely stock, no uh, mods, you know, just as they sit, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later. And uh, I think there's something to be said about that, too. And, and uh, yeah, so it was awesome. Some of the first two vehicles to roll in, it was that uh, that cool BMW, with like the E34 yeah. comes rolling in. And he it was, uh, you know, a younger kid uh, that showed up in the first, uh, first weekend uh, who brought his neighbor who just bought a you know, this old sort of restored lifted truck. Um, I think it was a Chevrolet. Maybe I'm not sure though. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he had a bunch of questions and like what a perfect forum to be able to sort of like tap into such a huge amount of knowledge. You know, he's saying, Oh yeah, it runs a little rough here or it's idling. And you know, there, there's, you know, what 20 other people around that, you know, have been working on old, old things or old trucks, just old cars that are all kind of, you know, giving advice, giving solutions, offering tools. And like, I thought that was just incredible. And even, um, you know, you're talking earlier, Steve, about the Porsches that came rolling in, you know, there's like three or four kind of more modern Porsches that come kind of all rolling in at the same time. Um, one of the guys, he, he'd sort of inherited it from his, you know, his late father um, and, and really didn't know anything about the car. And so as, you know, other kind of Porsche enthusiasts start rolling in, they start asking him about it. And, you know, ultimately, I think they told him more about the car than he probably knew. Um, and so they were really just able to sort of share that knowledge and share those stories. And yeah, it was just super fun kind of watching and listening in on some of those conversations and where people are coming from and where they're kind of taking it and what mods you're going to do or, oh, man, I used to have one of those. You should really think about this. And it's it was just, it's just super fun kind of uh you know, listening to that sort of evolution. Did you guys see the guy selling his car, the olds? That was so cool. And what was really cool about that car, I don't know if you guys saw it, he had that car 30 years, 25 years, and he had every maintenance record in the front seat from new. And, and, and much of it was laminated, right? Then he had a little thing that he put out in front of the car that told the story, right? Because he's thinking about selling it. And this is a guy... I, I, he, I happen to catch up with him on Facebook afterwards. He's got a lot of cool cars. I think he's got a Ferrari too. That'll probably be coming soon. But then he had the model of the car, the exact car, same color, you know, the engine you could eat off of. And then I was there with Sam and Sam spotted the model. And the guy was like, oh, okay. 
hey, why don't you guys get in? So Cecilia and Sam get in and it has the steering wheel. It looks like a boat, you know what I mean? And they got the model and Sam and my daughter are like, why do you have the model? You know, and he's like, well, it's kind of cool to show off your classic car, but then also have the model of your classic car. And he kind of tells, because a lot of guys do that, kind of told that story. And I just sat back and let my kids soak it in and think, and I really, really hope that my kids keep doing this right and that someday my kids are sitting with you know their cars but again that gets back to what you said earlier chris about people don't like you touching their cars like this guy's inviting i mean sam sam is covered in whatever i gave him for breakfast you know what i mean and i'm like initially freaking out like don't touch this car because i don't want someone to get upset and this guy's like oh whatever you know what i mean jump in take the drink with you and uh you know immediately set me at ease and uh i just think that that's super cool because that doesn't happen it really just doesn't happen at car shows i don't know if you guys saw me it was pretty funny but i'm i'm crazy about the mercury marauder and one showed up and like it showed up and i don't know i jumped up like a schoolgirl, and i'm running around trying to follow it to see where he's going to park you know like i'm stalking the guy before he even parks and as i look over i see frank and chris and they're just laughing at me pointing at it like hey steve did you see the marauder and <laughs> And like, I'm not the least bit embarrassed about it, but it, but it is cool, right? Because you get to know what everybody likes, you know? So I'm there stalking things to think like, I mean, Chris, I mean, you almost like at one point, you, you know, you guys were all over the skyline. Both Chris and Frank were just eyeballing that, you know, skyline like there was no tomorrow for obvious reasons. But I just, when I see that, it makes me smile. And I'm sure you guys were like that with me and the Marauder. I mean, I couldn't get enough of that Marauder. Oh, no doubt. The, first, the second I saw it pull into the into the parking lot, I, I'm up on my tiptoes looking around, trying to find <laughs> you, just to make sure that you see it coming. You know, it, that was too funny. That thing was cherry, too. That Marauder was nice. That thing was... Oh, man, it was so good. And the guy was a super nice guy. And his wife was cool. She loved the car, too. And, uh, I mean, I told him as soon as I saw him, I said, hey, we do a best in show and you've got my vote. That's the first thing I said to him. <laughs> I know. You came over and you're like, did you guys see the Marauder? That one has my vote. That thing is incredible. And I'm looking at you and I look over at Frank. And Frank and I basically in unison, no, there's a GTR over there. That's like Godzilla. Have you talked to that guy? That's like a one of 500, like the original. And we're just like going on and on and on yeah. and on. And you're over there, but no, did you see that Marauder? Like, are you kidding me? That thing's super cherry. It's like... The thing that was so cool about that uh, GTR, though, is it was one of the 500, right? So in racing, they have the homologation where you have to have a car that actually can be driven and sold on the road so that you can then put it into racing. And he has one of the 500 that were built in order for them to be able to race that car. Yeah, it's just a special, unique model. So it's not just that it's a GTR. I mean, GTR is cool just all on its own, but that was a very special GTR. Yeah, I mean, that is the original Godzilla. Like, we were among Japanese royalty there. I, uh, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm, I'm seriously, guys, we're talking about this and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it and reminiscing oh. and hearing it. Oh, my God. When that thing came in, turbocharged, inline six. Whew. Yeah, that is our feature spotlight, the 1990 Nissan Skyline GTR Nismo Racing Edition. It's number 321 out of 500, by the way, and it's actually been on Japanese racetracks. It was brought over from, there was a collector in Wisconsin who had gotten it and then uh, 
Britt Heisig, who is our, our featured guest this week, he went over there with his son and they picked it up and trailered it back. And uh, yeah, we get to hear all about it. And uh, it's just a, a great story. It's a great family bonding story. And it's a special ride as well. Very limited in its addition and what it can do. So I think this is where we'll cut things for our second recap. I mean, it was definitely each one of these events, I feel like they build on each other, right? You know, we do new things each time. And, and this time we had uh, perishable goods brought. We had an extra probably 20 to 30 cars that we didn't have or just in excess of what we had for our first event. We had that Skyline. We had that Marauder. We had Oh, gee, we had that MG. Studebaker. Right? Don't forget the R8. Um, <laughs> you had a 9, 1986 and a half 928. That thing was unbelievable. That thing was cherry. <laughs> and, and the old Volvo. And Frank's Volvo. And an yeah. That's right. But um, but no, guys, this is this is great. Love how this is building. Tremendous response on Facebook. A lot of interaction, a lot of pictures, uh, videos, people getting into it. So this is great. So we're actually going to take the fifth Sunday off in August. And we're going to go ahead and skip over to the first Sunday of September, September 5th. Uh, again, 7.30 to 9 a.m. It is Labor Day weekend. We're hoping that you'll still come out, rain or shine, and bring your car and share your stories and bring the family and get together with community and your neighbors. And come even if you don't have a car. So, you know, absolutely, cars not required, but certainly encouraged. That's right. So anyway, guys, I think we'll cut it there. But uh, thanks again for putting all of this together and bringing your own cars and telling your own stories and marveling and salivating at everyone else's. So makes for a fun time. Absolutely, man. Thanks for being our audio, man, Rick. I think the core four here is pretty amazing, right? Really appreciate all of you guys for sure. All right, guys. Well, listen, we'll see each other again soon here, but definitely we're looking forward to seeing everybody else uh, on the 5th of September, 730, right at the corner of Park and Cedar Lane in Vienna, Virginia. It'll be hopefully another great one. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Till next time, fellas. <laughs>